You're going to love this conversation. We are talking the state of the music business today, and I've got my friend and music industry blueprint creator, Rick Barker, to talk about what is going on today to answer your questions, and we did it live on the opening of this season of Indie Interactive. This episode is Rick and myself having a great conversation while interacting with people in the chat, answering your questions, talking about subjects that are of interest to you, all about the state of the music music, industry, and business today. So let's dive in. Welcome to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast with Brie Noble. Brie is a musician, entrepreneur, speaker, and founder of Women of Substance Music Radio and Podcast. Brie's interviews with successful female musicians and industry pros are both inspirational and informational. She also answers your questions about the music business. Brie is on a mission to help you create great music, connect with your fans, and grow your business, and to truly become a female entrepreneur musician. Hey, hey. This is Brie Noble, and I am so glad you're tuned in to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast today, where we talk about making great music, connecting with your audience, and growing your business. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by my free Musician's Profit Path Masterclass, the five-stage blueprint for creating massive growth in your fan base and sustainable income for your music career. If you feel overwhelmed by everything you think you need to do for your music career, or you've watched other musicians and tried to do what they're doing, but it hasn't worked for you, well, don't worry. That's why I created the five stages of music career growth. So you can figure out where you're at right now, learn exactly what you should be focusing on and what you shouldn't be focusing on so you don't waste time and money. I also give you benchmarks to reach in several key areas like live performing, fan base growth, social media, recording, and more. So join me for my free masterclass, The Musician's Profit Path, over at musiciansprofitpath.com. Free classes are running every day, so go register at musiciansprofitpath.com. It's that time of year. It's back to school, and it's not just for kids. It is time for us to get back in the mode of learning and exploring all the ways that we can promote our music through my live show, Indie Interactive, on Facebook. We've taken a hiatus for the summer to enjoy the sun and time with my kids and all the things that summer brings, but now we're back, and this is the season opener of Indie Interactive. We have this show every week on Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Facebook, so be sure to join us at facebook.com WOS. Our conversation includes everything from whether we should be selling CDs, whether download cards are a good idea, whether we should be promoting ourselves on streaming, how to get reviews, how to create great experiences for fans and giving them exclusive access to things so you can get their email address, so you can deepen your relationship with them, and so much more. So we're going to jump right into my conversation with Rick Barker on Indie Interactive. I am back and I'm so excited to open our season today with my friend and somebody who's super knowledgeable about all kinds of different areas of the music business, Rick Barker. So I'm going to let him introduce himself and um, just let you know, just maybe like uh, 30 seconds about what he does. Um, He has a lot of different specialties and he's done a lot of different things over the years. I'm sure many of you guys know him already, but uh, just want to let him 
you know, make sure that you guys know who he is. And then we're going to definitely take your guys' questions. We're going to take, um, if you have any subjects you want us to discuss, be sure and put those in the chat and also just be sure and introduce yourselves and let me know that you're here. So I can say hi to you. Uh, I'll be manning the chat. I'll be also, you know, conversing here, uh, with Rick, but I'm just going to let him take it over for a minute and just give you guys some info about him. Thanks Brie. Uh, you know, I've been blessed to have been in the music business coming up on 30 years. My background includes radio, uh, record company management, was blessed to have been a part of the team that launched the career of Taylor Swift, currently uh, manage uh, the last American Idol winner on Fox, Trent Harmon, who's on Big Machine Records. I've helped artists uh, get publishing deals, record deals. But the thing that I'm most proud of is coming up on five years ago, I launched my first uh, online course teaching independent artists and also other artists how to build, grow, and monetize a fan base. It's like, I don't care how good your music is if nobody hears it. So what I do is leave the creatives to you. And then I teach you, I always tell people, you create it, I'll teach you how to get rid of it. So I uh, was blessed to have been able to write a book, uh, the $150,000 music degree. You can grab a free copy of it from my website, rickbarker.com. Uh, what I do now is I love helping people navigate the music business. I love uh, helping people figure out ways to get their music in front of the right audience. One of the things I always say is, let's go out and find a hungry audience and feed them. Uh, let's make sure that we're getting our music to the right people. So Brie and I uh, were introduced when I was part of her summit. I was blessed to be a part of her summit. Uh, I think we met through our buddy Steve. And uh, she's just somebody that I believe in what it is that she's doing. So when she asked if I would be willing to jump on board and do this Facebook live. I was all in. So thank you for having me and you can Google search the rest. I don't want to waste our time together talking about me. It's about you. So if you've got questions, bring them. Uh, no topic is off subject. If uh, we don't know the answers, we can hopefully point you in the right direction to get the answers. One of the things I love about Brie, she's a lot like me. We don't want to be the expert in everything, but we want to have access to the experts in everything. So that's what our goal is, is to help you get your questions answered. So Brie, I'll toss it back over to you. Absolutely. So excited to see everybody here today. Um, great to see Adam and Jesse and Maggie and Carlene and probably a bunch more, but for some reason it's not updating for me at the moment. So I'm going to actually throw a question over to Rick that came in in advance um, while I try to get this to make sure it shows me all your comments, but make sure to be typing in here so I can see that you guys are here and um, it looks like it's, it's working now, but it's hard to know if there's a delay. So um, we had a question come in about CDs and what was interesting is um, I asked Rick earlier when we were talking about this and he's like, I just happened to interview somebody from Disc Makers this morning for his podcast. So he's definitely got something to say about this as far as like whether we should be making CDs, what the you know state of the CD industry is for the future, if people really buy them, whether online or live. Um, and so how we should be thinking about CDs and downloads for the future. So I think what you have to first understand is that the majority of folks who purchase CDs aren't purchasing CDs to play the CD. We all play music from our phones now. Uh, the computer that I have does not even have a CD player available for it. Some of the rental cars that I get do not have CD players available. They have USB drives. We've gone to a different modality in which we're consuming music, but 
Disc Makers was talking with Tony Van Veen this morning as we prepare for the, the DIY Musician Conference that I'll be speaking at this weekend. They printed over 30 million CDs last year. CD has become a new form of uh, remembering the show by. People will buy a CD at a live show because the artist will autograph it. They never, they don't have any intentions of actually playing this music, but they wanted something from the show. CDs to me are the anchor in the bundles. So now people are utilizing CDs in bundles where you can pick up a CD, a t-shirt and whatever for a specific price. Uh, Scott Borchette at Big Machine Records and I were joking that Taylor sold a million CDs first week to a bunch of people that don't even own CD players, but she did it through books from Target. There are a lot of different ways to do it. So if you play live and you have an audience that likes to collect things, CDs should still be a very valuable part of your strategy. And the thing, they're very inexpensive. You got to remember, you can get CDs for 90 cents. You can get CDs for a dollar, you know? So if you're able to get somebody into your world for that, at that price point, be able to autograph it and sell it for $10, the markup's real big. So I do say you should still include CDs in your marketing but don't think that people are buying CDs to listen to your music because they're not. That's not the way we concern, consume music anymore. I think that's definitely true. And I do. I always buy CDs when I see people live because it's just part of the experience, I think. And being able to go up to the table and say hi to them and have them autograph it and all that. Um, but yeah, you're right. We should just think about it like another piece of merch. And if, like you said, we can get it for a dollar and send it, sell it for 10. Why wouldn't we do that, right? Yeah, the markup's huge. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, what about downloads? Um, a lot of people ask me, should I get download cards to have live? Um, do those really sell? And do people really buy downloads online anymore? Or is it all about streaming? Download really depends on the format and the country music format. Pe format people are still downloading in the hip hop world. They're not. They're all streaming. Uh, it, it's, it's one of those things where I was never a fan of the download card anyway. Uh, just because they were expensive. Yeah, it's got your picture on it and things like that. But we're not, the whole reason, you got to remember, anytime technology has come along, it solved a problem. The, the streaming came along because there was only so much space that you could have on your phone to store music. Now you can stream and have unlimited music and it not take up any of the space on your phone because now people want that space for videos and pictures. So I would myself, not recommend for a client to utilize the download cards because uh, that's not where people, that's not how people are consuming their music. The thing we always have to remember is this you want to give people the ability to interact with you in the ways that they're comfortable interacting with you. Downloads served after CDs, then there came downloads, then downloads became an issue, then it became streaming, and now streaming is where it's at right now. But once again, if you are building an audience, you're playing live, you're going to want to have these physical products for the cost of what it costs for a download card. I would rather you spend that money on a CD, on a physical disc or mm. vinyl or something because they're not cheap. The download cards aren't cheap. You don't get sound scan credit with them until someone actually initiates the download. So don't get fooled into believing that hey, these things are sound scannable. They're not sound scannable until someone downloads it. When you sell a CD, you can report that as a sale instantly. You don't have to wait for the consumer to have another action with you on that. 
That's interesting. That is a good point. And I, I haven't actually heard many people take that stand. So I like that. Get CDs instead of download cards. Um, what do you think about like when people are going to conferences and they want to give out their music to the industry people to get them to listen? Do you think that they use download cards or should you just be giving out cards with like your Spotify link on it? First, first off, that's a great point. And I just did a uh, a Facebook Live with Kevin Bruner from CD Baby on what to do before the conference, during the conference, and after the conference. And one of the things that I recommend to you is do not offer your music to anyone who does not ask. Mm. Uh, an industry person is not going to download your music at all. Uh, they're going to look that you obviously don't understand the new business and it's going to be a strike against you if you try to hand someone a download card because that's not how they consume music. They also a lot of times can't listen to unsolicited material. So until they ask, when they ask you, hey, do you have some music I can hear? The first thing you should be able to do is give them a business card that sends them to your website where you've got a player on the front of your website that's connected to Spotify or Apple Music or SoundCloud. We consume our music digitally now. So you need to give them the ability to hear that. So uh, don't hand CDs to industry professionals. They probably will end up in the trash. Uh, we're not your fans yet. So why don't you save them for a fan when you can sell it to a fan? Don't hand us download cards because we don't download music uh, onto our computers. Uh, a lot of companies won't let you do downloads. They won't accept attachments. So learn the business you're getting into and give them an opportunity to hear your music. Do not send them. Another thing I'll tell you real quick is that don't try to send them to a private uh, SoundCloud page because they have to go to something that is public because they don't ever want to be accused of you coming back to them saying that they stole your music mm -hmm. because an artist of theirs released something that sounds similar to you. I know that sounds bad. People weren't doing, they wouldn't have to have these rules in place. So they are. So best thing to do is have a business card with your email address and a link to where they can go hear your music if they choose to. And don't just walk up to me and hand me a business card. I'm going to tell you to keep it because I use every opportunity as a teaching moment. Let me ask for the card. And once I, I ask for the card, now this is an opportunity. I've initiated this conversation and there's a much better chance that I'll respond to you because I, I initiated it. <laughs> That's awesome. So if you guys go to the CD Baby conference and you go and walk up to Rick, make sure that you don't hand him a card. Start talking to him first. Say, hey, I watched you on Indie Interactive with Bree Noble. Correct. And, and then see if he asks you for your music. You know what's interesting, Bree, that you say that, and this is something that you guys should really understand, is that lead with the fact that you did your homework. That was one of the tips that we gave. So if you're Go follow people on Instagram ahead of time. Go, if you, let's say you're at the live event and you watched the presentation, come up and compliment me on the presentation. You know, we're all, we all love to get compliments. Maybe bring up a point that I brought up. Maybe if you don't understand it a little bit more, come with a question. I totally respect questions because that shows me you're concerned about your business and you care about your business. During that conversation, I'm more apt to ask you, hey, I would love to, to hear your music. Do you have a business card? I'm never going to ask you for a CD. Why? Because I don't have CD players and I don't play CDs in my car. My car is you. That's my time. That's where I listen to podcasts and listen to audiobooks. That's my university. That's where I get my education every day. When or sometimes I'm you record podcasts in the car. As you know, that's work. Yeah. 
You know, that's workspace. Uh, I will listen to music usually on walks. Sometimes it's, it's, it's funny. I don't spend a lot of time listening to music and I'm in the music business. And the reason why is because most of the time I'm not your fan. I'm not, it's like, I'll have rappers that will DM me on Instagram and ask me to listen to their music. And I'm like, is your audience a 51 year old white dude from Tennessee? Probably not. So why are you going to ask my opinion on your song? If I'm not your demographic, you know, it's another mistake people make Bree, is that they will ask for too many opinions. And then the worst thing that could happen is you're going to be more confused than when you ask the question in the first place, because what you may give feedback on to a song being that you're also an artist is going to be completely different than the feedback I'm going to give them being that I'm not an artist. I'm going to hear it in a completely different way and it can really end up confusing you. Ask your fans what they think. That's the most important opinion you can get right now is from a fan, not from an industry person. Yeah. Oh no. I I mean, it's a great point. Um, And I just wanted to say like, as far as getting them to listen to your music, you really have to lower that barrier to entry. For me right now, I'm all about Spotify. Like I didn't used to be about six, even three months ago, but it's just so easy to listen to musicians on Spotify. So make their life easy. They're not going to put a CD in a, like he said, like I have one in my computer. I don't even have one in my car. Um, so it's, it's rather difficult to listen to a CD. So don't make their life difficult. Uh, if it's going to take them more than 10 seconds, they're not going to do it. And also too, is if ask yourself, why is it that you are asking this industry professional to listen to your music? The reason is, is because you're probably trying to see if they like you enough to take it to that next level in the relationship. Know today that industry professionals are expecting you to be much further along in your development than it used to be. They used to be able to just, hey, they found somebody, they saw them on stage, they love the songs, they love the vibe. They could teach them everything else. They do not have time to teach you the business. So when you do things that show them that you don't understand the business that you're getting into, you're actually doing yourself more harm than good. So you want to be able to come at them and show them that you understand that the industry has gone to streaming. You want to show them that you have a website, that when they go to your website, it looks professional. It can compete because all the tools are available to you to make you look just as good, if not better than the artist's that are signed to their label. So you have the ability to do your homework and do your preparation ahead of time. The problem is most folks want to be seen before they're ready. And they're looking for reasons to say no, Mm. not reasons to say yes, because it's so crowded. Don't give them those reasons. That's such a good point. Yep. There's not much artist development these days. So make sure that you're like ready and delivering yourself on a platter to them before you put yourself in front of them because they're they're definitely probably going to say no again they want you to make their life easy they want you to give them something that they can market because it's already the the momentum's already there and it's proven in the marketplace and as an artist i would love that and the reason for that is because now they don't get to adjust my sound if you bring them something that's working then you get to remain true to who you are as an artist that you know, when you hear so many artists say, well, I don't want to be signed to a label because they're going to change me, then great. Don't sign with an artist, partner with an artist. And when you partner, excuse me, with a label, when you partner with them, you get better decision-making 
power and abilities? And why are they going to come in and change something that's already working? The bigger problem sometimes is that you don't have any proof. You have this thought, this idea, and they're going to go in. And if their thoughts and ideas don't match up with you and they've signed you, you're going to lose that deal because they're the ones who are making the decisions at that point. If you come in with something already working, now that's a different conversation that you're having. Mm, yes, it keeps you more in control of your career. Well, we've got a bunch of questions in here, Great, so I'm going to do up. a little rapid fire sure. here. Um, so Melanie says, is it better to have a Spotify or a SoundCloud playlist or both? I'm going to tell you my opinion, and we'll see what Rick says. I think you, I think everyone should have their music on Spotify. Whether you need to have a playlist, uh, you could have one. I mean, it's always a good idea. Um, SoundCloud, I feel, is still more of a place for both EDM and rap that's bigger there than like mainstream pop bulk, that kind of music. Uh, what do you say, Rick? I say both. I say any place that's going to allow you the opportunity to get in front of an audience, go for it. Uh, Spotify, the difference between SoundCloud and Spotify, just so you guys know, is none of you can physically by yourself upload your music to Spotify. You can to SoundCloud. So if you're an artist that's not in a financial situation right now to be able to afford CD Baby or TuneCore or DistroKid, you can do it on SoundCloud. And that SoundCloud player still works like a Spotify player inside of social media. So what I mean by that is the share link that you get from SoundCloud, you can put that in your Twitter post your Facebook post and it will open up a player just like it does with Spotify. But when you're in a financial situation, I say you should be on both in the beginning. If money is an issue, go ahead and utilize SoundCloud. You're not as able to monetize SoundCloud uh, right now to the extent that you can on Spotify or Apple music or Amazon, but that's okay. Cause the, the fractions of pennies versus getting your music out there. So it's important that you, in my opinion, get it on both. Yeah. And one good thing with, with SoundCloud is if you've got like a demo and you're about to go into the studio and you want some opinions from fans or, you know, specific people, you can put it on SoundCloud and then they can hear it. And, you know, eventually you can put up the full blown song, but you Great wouldn't be putting a demo on Spotify. Yeah. I wouldn't put demos on Spotify. It's like, it's, that's your feeding ground and then take the results from SoundCloud into the studio and then take that studio recordings and get it out there into the world of major streaming. Awesome. Okay. So Sue is asking about where can she get her music reviewed? She wants some quotes for her EPK. It depends on what your EPK is being used for. If you're trying to get more gigs, then I would get quotes from people who've hired you to do shows to say how fantastic your show is, that the place was packed, best night at the bar ever when Sue played. So if that's what you're using it for, if you're trying to get other people to listen to your music, I would take screenshots of fans, tweets, Facebook messages, Instagram, because who better to tell people how great you are uh, if you're going to send it out to indie bloggers or things like that. If they write something, then you want a screenshot, but use the actual screenshot when given the opportunity in social because it's proof. Mm. Make sure that when you do post these reviews that you also give a link for people to go hear the music, make it as easy as possible for people to hear your music. Uh, but yeah, quotes and reviews aren't that great. I just recently did an ad for one of my artists on a Facebook ad and I put listen and hear for yourself 
why this was the number one most requested song on the Radio Disney app. I did not write a review. I did not post uh, her name. I did not do anything. I just gave something specific that was unique to them to want to get them to click the button. And we use that in a Facebook ad because now, off topic, Facebook will pay you the same way YouTube pays you for original material if you've clicked the right boxes with CD Baby or TuneCore to uh, monetize those videos. Mm. Good point. Good point. Okay. Are you looking at the stream, Rick? I'm just curious. I, I'm not. Yeah, I'm I not. Having... I'm just looking at our page here on Zoom. Okay. It keeps like collapsing the comments. So I want to make sure that I get everybody's co- uh, questions in here. Um, but it keeps like not showing all of them to me. I'm going to click this button that says view stream on Facebook. Yes. See if see, you can uh, see what happens see all the here. Comments. Yeah, I'm sure I can. All right. Uh, okay. It's not showing me that. Let me look up. Let's see. Okay. Sue is saying thank you. Uh-huh. She do has she does have a few super fans. Yeah, it'd be great to get some quotes from them. And I know that your live performances do really well. So you should go out to those venues. Um, in fact, I know you performed um, for a venue that was run by or a festival that was run by one of our uh, in uh, people in our community for uh, the Female Musician Academy. So just ask her for a quote. That'd be a great one. There you go. Let's see. Um, Here we go. Linda says, what do you think about private Facebook groups? Love them. As far as like running one for your fans. I love it. And the reason why is because not everything you post on your page is going to be seen, but everything you post in the group will. Uh, You can also then send out, you can do private Facebook lives in there. You can do concerts. You can really interact. And it's a great way to, for you to be able to say on your regular page, by the way, uh, there's a group that I share all my cool new stuff with. It's free to come in. I would love for you to be a part of it. Give them a link, let them come in and join it. But it's so that you build that up to a thousand, 2000 people. Those are your buyers. Mm. Those are the people that will buy your t-shirts first. Those are the people that will buy your music first. Those are the people that will buy, that will set up house concerts for you. Uh, you know, those are the, those are your true fans, those people that you can get in a group. I absolutely thoroughly believe in it. And I think it's a great idea. Awesome. I know, I know Linda started one, so hopefully that's going well. Um, so Adam has a great question and this one just dogs me all the time. Um, he's asking about thoughts about using downloads or something digital for freebies to get people on your email list. Sure. Uh, this wouldn't be Adam West, would it? It would be. Okay. Hello, Adam. Uh, Adam is also a client of mine. Yes, he knows uh, so you. there was a time when the email for the download worked. That's not the way that it is anymore, unfortunately. Uh, I feel that right now, that's not how people are consuming music. So am I going to give you my email to get something that I would never use? Probably not. So what we have to look at now is what is it that fans truly want that they would be willing to give you something so personal as an email for, for me right now, I think it's exclusivity. It's behind the scenes access. 
It's things that no one else can get that's not publicly available. So, for example, I have uh, screen. I have uh, handwritten lyrics. I've I've taken pictures of the handwritten lyrics of my first original songs. I would love to share them with you. Tell me where to send it. That's another way of saying, give me your email address so I can send you these cool things. Everything now is going to be in verbiage. One of the things that I've been doing right now and spending a lot of time on is Facebook ads. So it used to be that we would ask for an email on the first date. Now in social, I'm trying to get you to interact with anything that I can because once you click on something or once you engage in something and I have set up my pixel properly, and by the way, that's a whole nother conversation, folks, on Facebook pixels and retargeting. But what that allows me to do is then drop something else in front of you and then maybe bring you to uh, I have an exclusive track that I've never shared with anyone. You know, tell me where to send the ability to hear it, because you could even send them to a private SoundCloud page. So it's not really a download, but you just give them behind the scenes access, give them those things. But the days, in my opinion, I'm not giving anyone an email for a download anymore because that's not how I listen to music. Yeah, I, I agree. And I've, you know, I used to, of course, teach that as we all did. And I think the landscape has changed. So it's needing to be more creative in what you can offer. Um, that's going to be, like you said, more exclusive, maybe, a, you know, some kind of behind the scenes video. And, you know, you only get a link to it if you give your email or that kind of thing. But I, it's true that there is there needs to be a journey. And I've, I've done a whole podcast on this. I call it the, the fan discovery journey. Yep. And that often starts, as Rick was saying, by like the first touch on social media. And then you can kind of follow them around, right? Because you've pixeled them. They've responded to something. They've watched a video. You know, they've done something with you. They've been on your website. And then you can give them more things. And as they get more comfortable with you and more interested, then you can take that next step and ask them for their email for something more exclusive. I'm curious what you think, Rick, about using Facebook Messenger, because I've, I've definitely started using that a ton. Um, I've got quite a big uh, subscriber list on Facebook Messenger, and I love the opportunity to interact with people on there because people respond as if you're sending them a personal message like sure. you do on email. Are you using that? And I am. I'm using artists? ManyChat right now. My bot's name is Melody, and she... <laughs> eliminates right away anyone who's trying to get a hold of Taylor Swift or anyone who's trying to send me videos. Awesome. (laughs) Well, you know, there's, there's melody because of music. It could have been harmony, you know, it could have been, you know, so that's why I called her melody Uh, and melody, you know, she takes care of that for me. Uh, She starts the conversation and then I can jump in anytime that's live. Uh, the, The bigger problem I think sometimes is that people just start messaging and start trying to sell us, Hmm. you know, Hey, here's my video. Here's this, here's that. So a lot of times it can also be a pain in the rear, but another thing backing up on what we were talking about a second ago, it's like, if you've got a whole bunch of old music, I would go ahead and load it up on a private player on SoundCloud and offer people after they've engaged with a couple videos, say, you know what? I really appreciate you taking the time to watch the video. Uh, I would love to give you access to my first catalog of music. I've got over five CDs that I've put in a cool little area and I'd love to share access with you. Uh, that word access is very powerful. Mm. Free access is even more powerful. That word free still works well there. Uh, but yeah, messenger, uh, the way that you can DM on Instagram now, just don't start the conversation talking about yourself. 
bad mistake. Mm -hmm. Don't tell me you've got a hit record. Don't tell me if you had hits, then I wouldn't be having to have you introduce yourself to me. I'd already know who you are. Be very careful how you lead these conversations. Be polite. If someone doesn't have the ability to listen to your music right now, don't freak out on them. There may come a time down the road, but you may also eliminate any possibilities of ever having a conversation with them down the road either, depending on how you act. So just be very, very careful. Uh, these are cool new tools. Just don't abuse them and treat people the way you would want to be treated. Awesome. I totally agree. Okay. So we are hitting the 30 minute mark. So we're, we're probably going to uh, shut this down in a few minutes. I just want to give you guys an opportunity. If you have any other questions that you really want Rick to answer, um, just, just throw it in here. I'll keep trying. Yeah, they've to already asked them. Let's make sure we get them. So I'll yeah, I think I got all the ones that have been asked. I know okay. that um, Carlene was asking about her. She does this cool thing. She has uh, these greeting cards that have her beautiful CD art on them. And then she puts a download card inside of it and sells it that way. And for me, like as Rick says, not that many people use download cards, but that's a really cool delivery method of it. I love the creativity. Yeah. It's so creative. I think that that just like a CD makes it like a very special thing that someone would want to own that. Well, and also to test it. Yeah. Test it. If your audience loves it, then screw it. I, I test everything. You know, it's like, so you try it. I mean, people told me I was nuts by having Brantley Gilbert sell a $200. It looked like a Confederate flag, which was his arms crossed with all his tattoos. And for $200, you got this big old huge flag, but you also got two meet and greets. And the next thing you know, we only offered 20 a show. And those were the first things that sold out every show. So before the night started, he started with four grand in merchandise money and he had his meet and greet. So everybody else said we were nuts. Try it you know, and if it works great, the problem with that though, is if you have to buy a hundred of those download cards at three bucks a pop to experiment with, you mm -hmm. might not want to do a $300 experiment. Yeah, that's true. So I am going to capitalize on the fact that you are currently managing uh, Trent Harmon and find out from you what's, what's working right now in merch for him. I know it could be different for our people, but I'm just really curious. Uh, the autograph CD is working and he has a shirt uh, that has the lyrics of one of his songs, uh, Stars and Moon. I hope you got them all. It's a very hooky part of this one song that he's doing. And we did uh, a foil print. So the stars are kind of like in gold foil. And then there's the print with his name on the back. That's working really well. We also did something that uh, a few months back that I will share with everyone. So what we did was, is we created a private online concert for his fans. And we didn't use stage it. And we didn't use any of those companies that take like 30 and 40% to host it on. I actually did it on zoom. What mm. Bree and I are on right now. So we limited the amount of people that could purchase a ticket to 85. The reason that we did it that way is because my program on zoom only allows for a hundred that I'm paying for. If it goes over that, I have to, it kicks it way up a notch. So we wanted to make it exclusive. So we did this video. We invited uh, the other songwriters over to my office and we did this like bluebird right in my office. So we used zoom people paid a hundred dollars for this. What they got for that hundred dollars was they got to watch the concert happen live. They got the video of the concert we stripped the audio 
from the video and we separated it in songs. So we sent them the songs as individual. I loaded them up to an Amazon S3 account. So they were able to download if they chose to, or just play it if they chose to. We let the fans create the set list and we created an exclusive t-shirt that had the set list for the show that night on the back of it. Mm. We took that set list and created a print, a lithograph of that night with the date on it that he autographed. And he also took pictures of his phone of the journal entries of the lyrics to these songs. So we sold all of that for $100 to 85 people. So that was $8,500. So then what happens is what it cost us for the shirt the lithograph were the only two hard physical costs that we had. And then we had the shipping of the uh, stuff. Our total cost of goods was right around, including shipping, about $18. So that meant that he was making $82 per person off that wow. show. And it was great. And now they can't wait for the next one. They're like, when are we going to get the next exclusive concert? People love things that are exclusive. You should always have a high dollar item for those that can afford it. Don't feel bad. Always have something for those that can't, but don't be ashamed to high price something. You know, you could even do a giveaway and give away one of the tickets for somebody to come in. And we did that as well. We let his fans nominate someone who they knew weren't in a financial position to do this. And it became one some of his most engaged posts because the fans were now complimenting other fans and trying to get them in to this exclusive concert. So that's some of the stuff that we've been doing as well as just creating these really unique and rare opportunities. You do them for six or seven times a year. That's 50,000. In this case for him, it's a $50,000 income by having five or six exclusive online parties where he didn't have to pay for gas. He didn't have to rent the sprinter van. He didn't have to pay for musicians. He didn't have to be away from Nashville. He was at his home in town doing a show that made people happy and they all talked about it, but they weren't allowed to share any of the music or any of the video. So now other people want to come in as well. Mm, that is just the coolest. And if you have fans, you know, all over the world or even all over your country that can't come yep. to your shows, that's a great opportunity for them as well. And, you know, they don't have to pay to fly in. They don't have to drive. They don't have to pay for gas, all that. They're going to be willing to pay a higher price. And as you know, concert tickets are expensive anyway. So yep. I think that's just a great option and you could totally use zoom. I had not even considered that. Of course you can use something like concert window, but, and that they don't take that much of it at all. Um, but zoom is a great option if you know. And how I think, and also too, Brie, one of the reasons why I think zoom is super cool is imagine if you did a monthly call with your fans that were part of this group and you're able to click their face and their face shows up on the screen and in their voice, they're able to ask yep. you a question. That's powerful. Yep. Yeah, it is. I mean, that's what I do with my Academy members and we all talk to each other and we're right. all seeing each other. I mean, that is so powerful. I love that idea. And that's a great way to end this episode because that's just a fantastic and unique idea that I haven't heard anyone doing before. So that's awesome. Um, I did want to mention that Maggie was asking about that episode you were talking about with Kevin from CD baby and Adam posted the link on Facebook, but is that, a yeah, it was it yet. Yeah, it, it was a Facebook Live. It okay. wasn't an episode. Uh, the episode that I'm doing with Tony, that I just recorded today, that will be out on Thursday. If you haven't gone to my podcast, it's Music Industry Blueprint Podcast. 
it's available everywhere that podcasts are. Uh, you can check it out there. And we've done like, I think I'm over 50, uh, 50 something episodes now. So yeah. And while you're there, search for the episode that I did with Rick, because we had yes. a great conversation about things like house concerts. And I can't remember all the things we talked about, but it was so we always awesome. talk about a ton when we get together. That's what's yes, great. It's hard for us to like, you know, shut up because we have so much, you know, similar interests and ideas about about music. So it's really great. Um, everybody is just thanking you so much for being here. Um, you guys, an MIB podcast is great. Adam says, you guys, this will be an episode of the Female Entrepreneur Musician podcast on Wednesday. So be sure and tune in for that so you can kind of listen to this again when you're, um, you know, a little less thinking about what you're going to type in the chat and you'll be able to really go over everything that Rick talked about today and, and internalize it because I think it's all really, really helpful for you guys. So have a great evening, you guys. Thank you again, Rick. Evening. This is morning here. <laughs> evening, afternoon, wherever you are. Thank you. Five again. o'clock somewhere. Yes, yeah, somewhere. Some <laughs> of you guys are like on the other side of the world. So it could be evening for you. Thank you again for coming live. This is Indie Interactive and we are here every Monday at noon Eastern. This is our season opener. So we'll be here all the way through the beginning of December. Uh, I'll be doing some um, personal teaching moments on here. Actually, next week, I'm super excited. I have Michael Laskow from Taxi as our guest. So that's going to be a really interesting um, conversation. If you have any questions about Taxi, um, I know there's always a lot of questions about how they do things behind the scenes and stuff and whether it's worth investing. Be sure and be there next week, uh, noon Eastern at this um, Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash WOS radio. Have a great day you guys thanks again bye bye now go out and make great music connect with your fans and grow your business female entrepreneur musician has been brought to you by femusician.com and femalemusicianacademy.com with editing by jen eads of 317 sound design and music by stella ronson